The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where even the week before Thanksgiving, we're working our fingers to the bone to make sure you get the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And I really appreciate you listening. I know this is a busy time of year, so I'm going to try and make it worth your while today by talking about wrap mortgages, which are having a moment in the sun, but seem to confuse the heck out of just about everybody. I'm going to talk about why it is worth learning the pros and cons for being the lender and the borrower in those situations and a whole bunch of other stuff first quick piece of housekeeping. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati has its national online meeting tomorrow night. It's on Zoom, which means you can attend. And it's another one of those topics that you just aren't going to get to hear in other places. It's um, six of the most successful members of Ria GC and Corey talking about the big, giant, almost career-ending mistake that they made at some point in their real estate careers and how they got past it. Now, I mean, Halloween's over. Why would you want to hear other investors' horror stories? Because A, you'll hear like some mistakes you shouldn't make, and B, the important part of that is they got over it, became successful anyway. It did not end them. So uh, you can tune into that from any place in the country, but you do need to get a Zoom link at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. And by the way, for listeners who attended the 2023 National Real Estate Summit here in Cincinnati, the early meeting at six o'clock is just folks sharing their biggest takeaways, things that you learned that impacted what you're going to do next year. There's a lot of folks who did not get to go. So that'll be a good way for you to share some things with them and also to get on record with your commitments for 2024. It's going to be hard for you to get on there and say, I learned all about land flipping and that's what I'm going to do in 2024 in front of hundreds of people and then not actually do it. So same, same way to get your link. CincinnatiRia.com. My guest today, uh, for the purpose of trying to over the radio without slides or a blackboard or a way to 
uh, do math that uh, y'all could see, uh, and yet still untangle this whole concept of wrap mortgages is Anita Johnson. Anita is the past president of the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati. She is a recent P&G retiree. Mike didn't have his hand on the oh. on the woohoo button, so I had to make the sound effect myself. There we go. Um, Long time investor in rentals, wholesale deals, um, lots of different things, and also the queen of rap mortgages. So welcome, Anita. Well, thank you, Fina. <laughs> I am uh, super excited to be here. And you know, this is the second time that you've had me and I'm just honored to be here. And I am sitting in the actual radio station <laughs> in the studio that I have listened to this show for years. And now I see Mike and I can put a face. With oh, I the, should introduce you to George when we walked by. Yeah. Yeah. Is it everything you expected? Are you like, yep, this is exactly how this, I picture Yeah, this it. is pretty cool here. It looks, a, it looks a little bit like a college dorm room, honestly, when you look at the bookshelves and the... Yeah. <laughs> there's a random map over here with some pins in it that I've been yeah, looking at this for is years. Pretty neat. Yeah. There's a gramophone. Like there's everything here. Um so yeah, ironically the first time you came on it was to talk about how to do real estate investing when you have a job, right? That is correct. So I I couldn't have you back on that topic cuz And I did it virtually you because did. it was in 2020. It was. And we were all secluded because <laughs> of COVID. So uh you know, when I got the call from George or Mike, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's really them. <laughs> You're like a celebrity, Mike. So let's um, we, we've just got a little bit of time before we have to take our first break. So I want to I want to start with a question because I know you have been running a a kind of a, a weekly mastermind group for people who were involved in a particular creative uh, deal structuring course uh, for two years. So you, you already know that people just like, it's hard. It's hard to understand. I had a hard time understanding rats. That's right. I, I knew they existed for 20 years before I ever did one because every time somebody talked about one, I was like, what? I mean, I get, I see that number at the end and I like it, but I don't understand how anybody got to that number. Right. And you know, actually, Vina, you know, time flies so fast because we have been doing that study group now for three and a half years. Can you three believe three years? <laughs> and we, and we still don't always get raps. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. So, um, the, the very simple question I want to ask you to start with is, have you figured out why it's so difficult for people to get their brains around it? <laughs> I think the reason it's so difficult is let's first start with what it is. It's basically a, a secondary or a junior mortgage that includes, or I'm putting this in air quotes since I'm on the radio, wraps around another mortgage. Okay, so uh, their actual name is all-inclusive wraparound mortgage, note and mortgage, um, and it includes the underlying note and mortgage. So it is so very different than what most people are commonly taught. Um, when most people think about getting a note and a mortgage, they think about going to your conventional lender. And conventional lenders are not involved at all <laughs> in wrap notes and mortgages. Well, sometimes they're in that underlying position, they may be, I guess. That's correct. But, but, but no, don't, don't, don't. 
don't go home after the show, everybody, and go, oh, I need to call my bank tomorrow and ask them for a wrap mortgage. Because that's not going to happen. They, they, they do not they do not get into these things at all. Um, and, I, and I think another part of it is, as real estate investors, we're very used to the idea of second mortgages. That's correct. It, it's super common to take out a second mortgage for repairs or take out a second mortgage for um, gap funding. Like, I'm buying a house, but the lender wants 30% down and it needs repairs, so I'm going to take out a second to pay the down payment and, and make the repair. Well, no problem with a second mortgage. That's not, nobody gets, you know, all uptight about that. It's, but in that situation, there's the first mortgage and there's the second mortgage, and they have nothing to do with each other other than that they're on the same house. Correct. And in a wraparound note mortgage, the face value of that wrap note and mortgage includes the underlying first. So for sake of simplistic numbers, if I have a $100,000 underlying first note and mortgage and I need $30,000 to do some repairs, that 30000 will wrap that 100000 and the face value will not say of that second note 30000 It will say 130000 So that is alone is very confusing. It is. I think that's what got me when I, when I would see the examples, I say, wait, but if there's a first of a hundred and a second of one thirty, that's $230,000 worth of financing on a house. It's probably only worth 200. And I like, like that, that just, that basic math just is, is beyond me because I didn't get that. The, the one thirty on the wrap was yes, the $30,000 that the lender contributed, but it was also inclusive of the underlying loan. So I didn't have Correct. to, if I were to sell it tomorrow, I don't have to pay back 230. That's right. I pay back 130 and the wrap lender keeps, you know, whatever part of that is theirs, 30 plus probably some wrap equity and then pays off the first mortgage with that money. It's not, it's no longer, it's like, it's like we created one big mortgage now that even though it's in second position kind of controls both the first and the second position loan. So, yeah, I think that's, I think, I think it's partly like what we're used to and it's partly just this, this whole concept of wait, why, why, why are the first and second related at all? And why is the mortgage balance so high? And uh, I, he only gave me 30. Why does he have a mortgage for one thirty? That's right. And to add to that complication, not only if the, we are confused. Imagine the title companies that are not used to seeing this. They think that the actual indebtedness against the property is much higher than what it actually is. Yes, and they can't understand uh, when the when the borrowers refinancing or selling how they can possibly pay off both of these mortgages with the two fifty. You know, with the, with one fifty they're getting because there's two hundred thirty thousand dollars worth Correct. of mortgages. I Correct. can actually show you an entire email string in my in my. Oh, I have them as well. <laughs> inbox right now for a deal we're closing on Friday. That it was just over and over and over again answering the title companies. And this is this is the um, this is closing the wrap. It's not closing a sale on a wrap. It's like this is. No, I'm I'm giving him a hundred thousand, but yes, the mortgage says two oh three. Right, right. All right, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I definitely want to make sure that anybody who's got questions about wraps sends them in today. Some of you guys have already heard of these. You're already you already have like questions in your head about I don't understand this piece or this piece or this piece. 
you can get to Anita to get your questions answered either at 877-772-9658. Again, that's 877-772-9658. Or if you want to organize your thoughts in writing, you can send it via email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and we're talking today about wrap mortgages. Um, I just got an email from a guy in northern Kentucky who said we had dead air from why is it so hard to get your head around it until the 1.30, 2.30 discussion. I'm suspecting that was his re- I'm suspecting he's listening on the radio and he just drove under a bridge. Or something. We didn't actually lose that discussion, did we, Mike? Okay. Yeah, sorry, John. Um, you gotta, I don't know, it, depending on how far into northern Kentucky you are, you gotta be on top of a hill, man. That's, or you can, you know, you can listen online. Are you aware of that? You can go to wmkvfm.org and there's a listen live button at the top that you can listen to it over your computer or you can do what I did and download the WMKV app from the app store. And that way when I'm out of town and somebody else is hosting the show, I can spy. I mean, you can listen to the show on the WMKV app as well. So does anybody else have a question at 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com? Or must we talk to Bill on line one in Georgia? Oh, no. <laughs> Bill, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. Hi. Well, hello there, Bill. I just... This is just exciting for me because I've never actually spoken to real estate investment royalty before. And, and to, to talk to Queen Rapper, I'm just, I'm very, wow, I got goosebumps. <laughs> well, maybe you can remember what your question is anyway. Oh, yes, I, I do have a question. So if I wanted to be a lender, but let's say I don't have a whole lot of money to lend with, but I really want to kind of get into the lending game, um, Queen Rapper, can you give me an example of a type of loan that I could do where I could use wrapping and get in the lending business, even though I don't have a lot of money. Great question, Bill. Thank you. And yes, you can most certainly get into a deal and be a wrap lender when you have very little money. Uh, you can use your own funds or you can use funds that are in a self-directed uh, account, which is tax deferred. Um, and basically what you are doing, uh, I'll give an example here. Let's say if uh, you... Oh, heck, let's oh. just talk about the first one you did. Yes, that's what I was... Uh, <laughs> well, I was well you, said, you said, let's say, you're being all Pete, like I once, I once knew a person yes. who might or might not have done the following. So, so there was a deal in which I was the rap lender. Um, there was a local rehabber who I heard say that he needed a certain amount of money in order to complete a deal. I did not have the total amount of funds that he needed to complete that deal, but I knew someone who had what, let's say I'll call the majority of the funds that needed to be loaned on that deal. I then used monies from my self-directed IRA, very small amount, um, to wrap that underlying lenders note. So I brought together um, the underlying lender, the 
rehabber that needed the funds. And then I was a principal in the transaction. So I was not brokering uh, because my monies were uh, involved in that deal. So I wrapped the underlying first note and mortgage. My wrap loan then had a face value of the total amount of the underlying plus the monies that I put in. Uh, so let's say if the underlying was a hundred thousand and I put in five, the face value of that wrap note is a hundred and five thousand. Um, or to your question, Bill, even further, if someone only had five hundred dollars, they could do the exact same thing. And the money that they are making as a wrap lender is made on the total face value of that wrap note, not just on the money that they put in, which is what kind of got my ears perking when I first heard about this, because I thought, huh, you mean I'm going to make money, not just on the money that I put into the deal, but I'm going to make money on other people's money as well. So yes, the answer to your question is yes, you can most certainly uh, participate in these types of transactions, even when you only have a very small amount of money. Well, let's 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 actually untangle that example a little bit more because they're they're just like anything else. There's lots of different ways to do wrap loans. You can do them long term. You can do them short term. You can do them interest only. You can do them amortizing. There's all kinds of ways to do it. But this particular deal that you're talking about was one that you were able to set up right from the beginning. Because you heard this rehabber say, because I was on the same call, and what he said was, I've got this deal, my hard money lender backed out, I need to close it in like a week, and I'm willing to pay 14%. Which is, I mean, that's high for an experienced rehabber to be willing to pay, but he, he needed it in a very short time frame. You said, I can make that happen, despite the fact that you had under $5,000 <laughs> of, the, of the more like $170,000 that correct. he needed. And you were able to confidently say that because you knew somebody else. You knew That's a third right. party who, who loves to do hard money loans at 12%. Correct. So you put this whole thing together. It wasn't like someone came to you and they already had a first mortgage and they needed extra money, which is another way that it sometimes happens. You You just were like, yep. I'll do it. And then you called the guy who wasn't on the call, the, the mm -hmm. lender who wasn't on the call and said, would you like to loan this very experienced rehabber $172,000 on this house worth 300, which I will go personally walk and make sure it's worth 300 and make sure he's got this repair costs right. And he said, yeah, sure. Sounds good. And then you said, great, I'm going to wrap it with, with $5,000 at 14%. Now did that, underlying lender then say, well, that's not fair. I should get 14%. Not at all because the underlying lender. So first of all, as we talked about the fact that the individuals that are involved in these types of transactions, there's typically a relationship there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've got, in this instance, you've got the rehabber, you've got myself, and then I know someone that had the money to lend. So there's a relationship and all parties want to see each other succeed and do well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the lend, the borrower gets the money that they need to do the deal that they otherwise would not have been able to do. I, as the rap lender, putting together the two and including my money, I am going to make a profit off of the spread or the difference between 
the interest rate on the all-inclusive wrap note and mortgage and the interest rate of that the underlying lender wants to charge, okay, as well as any difference in points. Yeah, so if if... if if there's any listeners who are actually sitting in a place where they can safely take notes <laughs> and who want to plug this into a uh, spreadsheet later and see what Anita's return was, here, here are those numbers again. The first mortgager was in for 172 at 12%. Anita put in five, but what she was collecting was 14 on a hundred and seventy eight thousand so hundred seventy seven thousand so she put in five she was collecting interest as if she had a hundred and seventy seven thousand dollar loan but then she was paying out twelve percent to this underlying lender so what was her return I wish I, there should be a prize for the first person who comes up with that right answer at askbean at gmail.com. Um, just, let's just say it was way more than 14%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the way that these work is the borrower, they will pay the wrap lender. Okay. They will pay the wrap lender the amount that they've agreed to pay. And then from those monies, the wrap lender will then in turn pay the underlying lender. Okay. So again, the profit is made in the spread. All of the parties are benefiting mm-hmm. in these types of transactions. Well, and in this particular deal that you had set up, the underlying lender was actually out of town. Correct. Does not live here in the Cincinnati area, is not familiar with uh, prices for anything, houses, construction, anything. And so, yeah, he got 12%, which was his, I mean, that was what he was lending money to anybody at, but he also got Anita. He also got somebody who was familiar with the area who was going to make sure, I mean, obviously you were going to make sure that your money wasn't at risk as well as his money wasn't at Correct. risk. And he got first position. So if the loan went bad, and it went to a foreclosure sale, he would get paid first and his investment was lower than the overall investment, if only by. That's right. And so in these types of deals, as the wrap lender, you want to make sure that you've done your due diligence. So in this particular example, the underlying lender was in another state. I went and walked the properties uh, with the rehabber so that I could boots on the ground, see the properties, confirm the repairs needed, confirm the after repair value. Um, and the other thing that as the wrap lender that you want to do, because you are basically making sure that everybody, that this whole thing works uh, the way it's supposed to, you want to make sure that your rehabber has more than one exit strategy that is viable. So in this instance, let's say if the rehabber said, hey, I'm planning to do, once I renovate this property, I'm going to do short-term rentals. Well, I want to make sure that there are at least there's at least one other if not two exit strategies in the event there's some regulations that get imposed that say he cannot do short-term rentals so again that's your job as the wrap lender and that's the role that i played in this particular transaction Mm -hmm. Uh, so bill did she answer your question adequately 
Oh my gosh, yes. In fact, I'm going to call my mama next until I just spoke to a goddess and a queen. <laughs> Love you guys. You do that. I, and then tell us what she says. <laughs> oh, she, she loves you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Bill. Oh my goodness. So... No, we did not set up that call with Bill with that <laughs> softball question. In fact, we ignored him for for quite 15 a while minutes, <laughs> hoping he'd <laughs> go away. Because you never know when Bill calls whether you're going to get a serious question or no. Just never quite know what's going to happen when Bill co- calls the show. Uh, I think we need to take a break. So if you have some questions about wrap mortgages, you can call at uh, 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Anita Johnson. We're trying real hard to in like 42 minutes explain something that I didn't really understand for like 20 years. It took Anita much less time than that uh, to understand it and she has experience both as a lender and a borrower in uh, wrap mortgages. So Anita, let's, let's talk about why it's why people should bother to learn these. Cause I've, I've seen people just throw their hands up. I've seen people go, ah, I've, I, I, I watched a video about it for an hour. I still didn't get it. I'm not going to do them because it seems more complicated than just getting a second mortgage or something. So what are, what are the benefits to the lender? I mean, I think you named, you named one of them, which is <laughs> the rates of return can be very, very high when you're putting in a little amount of money and somebody else has put in a big amount of money. Anything else for the lender? Absolutely. So <clears throat> You're also, you know, we say we can do these deals with a little money, a little amount of money or a lot of money. Uh, The lender, um, they can do these deals in their self-directed retirement accounts. Um, So essentially, when they're doing these deals in those accounts, they are tax-free or tax-deferred. So their returns are even higher than the returns that you would normally see if there were taxes involved. Um, These types of notes and mortgages can be done where there's a deal that may seem impossible, but now it can be made possible. (laughs) So when you are working with a seller, and that seller, let's say you want to do uh, take over their payments, but they're not necessarily wanting you to do that. You could wrap their underlying note and mortgage. OK, um, and really they're wrapping it. That is correct. They're wrapping but their. But you have no, to suggest it. You have to suggest it because no they, will no, they will not know at all what you're talking about. But they are getting a higher interest rate than the rate on their underlying uh, note and mortgage. Mm. Um, so, again, another way for you to acquire property creatively uh, using this tool that is very commonly used in creative deal structuring. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, a seller has a has a 3.5% loan on their property and maybe they don't want you to they don't want to sell it to you subject to because they're just not sure you're going to make the payment correct you could actually wrap it at 3.5 percent and say fine i'll send you the payment and you're responsible for sending it to the lender that's correct and and if i don't pay you can foreclose on me because now you're 
a lender. You can't you can't foreclose on me if I don't pay your lender and I own your house, but you can foreclose on me if you have a mortgage on your house and that puts you in a position where if I were to not make the payments, you could foreclose on me. But um, you brought up something that I think is going to get real important here real soon. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this was uh, like when I first heard about wraps, it was exactly what you just talked about. It was a way of acquiring properties by giving sellers a higher interest rate on than they were paying on their loan and letting them, quote, keep the spread. And the reason... I was hearing about them at that time was something real similar had happened. We had low interest rates followed by really high interest rates. That's exactly where we're going. That's exactly where (laughs) we are right now. So, for instance, seller might have a 3.5% loan on a house you would like to have, Mm -hmm. and you might be able to easily afford 5.5. If you were to give the seller a 5.5% wrap, make him the payment every month, that's going to be a higher payment than he has to make his bank. So he actually sells his house and also may probably gets a higher price than you could have paid for cash and also gets to keep a little money every month. That's right. That's right. And that comes in handy for a lot of sellers who own properties where they they like the idea of receiving some sort of income each month. And that may be the very reason why they got an investment property to begin with. Uh, but they don't necessarily like managing the tenants and having to deal with all of that. So they just like going to the mailbox and collecting their money every month. And by using this type of structure, they can do just that. Mm-hmm. Although I, w- I will say that when I have offered sellers that wrap structure, quote unquote, uh, that gets me the real low payment that I like, but it's not as low as theirs. Uh, usually the way I set it up is different than if I have lent money to someone and the way in which it's different is I pay the bank and I pay the seller the difference between what I owe the seller and what I owe the bank for the simple purpose of making sure the payment gets made to the bank. That's right. Because now I own the house and if the seller were to keep the check one month instead of paying it to the bank, uh, I would then be, quote, behind on the mortgage and that would be super bad. Now, I think you're First, maybe your first rap experience was actually you being the borrower. That is absolutely correct. I was a borrower. So I had a, which is actually interesting, I had done a deal where I got uh, seller financing. The seller 100% uh, financed the deal to me. So I was making uh, payments to the seller. And I also needed $25,000 for repairs. And so I had a financial friend, and I put that in quotes because the benefits, part of the benefits of doing these types of deals is that for the borrower, for the wrap lender, and for the underlying lender is there's a relationship form. That relationship can allow deals to be done over and over and over again. So I had such a relationship with someone who said, Hey, I'll, I'll loan you that $25,000. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to wrap your underlying note in mortgage. And so that is exactly what they did. They then, as the wrap lender, I paid them as the borrower. And then that wrap lender paid the lender of the underlying note, first note in mortgage. Mm-hmm. 
where did you meet all these financial friends? Like every single solitary person that you have mentioned doing a deal with, where did you meet them? I met them through my local RIA and also through the classes that I've had with mm-hmm. RIA. Yep. So you folks who are all sitting around uh, at home alone because you don't belong to a RIA, because you're like, oh, you know, I know everything they teach and I got my cookie cutter going and... I'm so far beyond that. You might be missing one of the benefits of belonging to Aria. Well, yeah. I, I mean, for me, that has been the real <clears throat> key for me doing a lot of the deals that I've done. Um, just not only the community of folks who, you know, yes, I've done deals with them, but they can also keep me from making huge mistakes. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, I've got this particular property I've got under contract. And before I go to close it, I can walk in any RIA meeting or reach out to any number of folks that I know that may have done deals in that area um, or have, you know, whatever experience in that area. And I can say, hey, what what do you think about this? And I've actually had people say, uh I wouldn't do something like that. <laughs> and here's why. Right. So, you know, it's the yes, the financial friends um, and allies that you build, because this is not just about one transaction. It's about being able to do deals over and over again uh, with people that, you know, like and trust. And uh, but it's also about, hey, how do we help each other um not make the mistakes mm-hmm. that uh, could easily be made. Yeah, and if you're if you're sitting around on your hands all by yourself because you don't actually have a real estate association where you live, you know you can join Cincinnati RIA, right? Literally 95% of the meetings are online, including the Friday morning haves and wants meetings where both of these deals, I think, were put together uh, just like in real time in front of a whole bunch of people because that's what we do on Friday mornings. Again, that's CincinnatiRia.com. Um, so got another, I guess John's dead air problem resolved itself because I just got another email from him saying that example was great. Can you talk about the documentation and the process and the legal aspects? So he's asking like what, what papers get sure. signed? So that's a great question, John. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, when you think about a traditional first note and mortgage or any note and mortgage, you're going to have just that, a note and a mortgage. Um, when you are uh, doing a wrap note and mortgage, you want to make sure that you have your documents drafted by an attorney that is pretty knowledgeable about what they are and how they work. And so no different than, let's say, in that scenario that I gave where there's a, you know, let's say there, I am, there's a wrap, I'm the wrap lender, there's an underlying lender that brings the majority of the funds, and then there's a borrower. That borrower is going to actually sign two notes and mortgages. He's going to sign the underlying uh, first and note and mortgage, as well as the wrap note and mortgage. So um, those documents are what are required in any type of transaction where there's a wrap note and, and mortgage and, involved. And we should throw in for our listeners who are not in mortgage states that you would use a deed of trust where we're yes. saying mortgage, you would say deed of trust. And it's it, 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 these things actually look... So the first, you know, the first mortgage, either you're arranging it, in which case, yes, yeah, some 
attorney's going to have to draw it up. Sometimes you're, there's already one there. That's right. There's a, there's a conventional loan. There's another, there's a different hard money loan. There's something already there. So the, in that case, you don't touch that. Nothing happens with that. It stays, stays recorded exactly where it is and exactly the right order. The wrap note and mortgage don't look significantly different than whatever your state's paperwork looks like. It's just got one extra clause. It includes your underlying. <laughs> yes. The one extra clause says this is an all-inclusive mortgage that includes the following mortgage. And then it calls out whatever the underlying mortgage is, you know, recorded on such and such a date, current balance X, here's the lender. And the note, same way, it says the payment on this note includes the payment on this underlying note. That's correct. And other than that, it's the same, as far as I can tell, it's the same words exactly right. as every other. And the face value will just be the total mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of everything. All right. Um, so process. Do you just mail these people money? Like no. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good question. So. Uh, the process is just like, uh, the example I gave, uh, say that if I want to be a rap lender, I listen out for people who have a need. So, you know, our job as real estate investors, as we've all heard time and again, and you hear this very commonly in Urea, is to, um, help solve people's real estate problems. And so in the example of the rehabber who I heard say, hey, I've got this deal, but I've kind of short a certain amount of money, I could come in and help him by saying, hey, what is it that you would be agreeing to pay? Right? You need, you name it, 100,000, 200,000, whatever that amount is, what is it that you are agreeing to in terms of the terms for that money? Uh, in, let's say if they said, I'm willing to pay 10% in a certain amount of points or whatever amount they're willing to pay, then I also know financial friends, uh, that have a loan that they are looking to, or they have money they are looking to lend out, that they are looking to put to work. And so as long as the money that they are looking to put to work, um, as, as long as the terms that they are needing, if, if there's a spread between their terms and the terms that the borrower is willing to pay, then I can go to the borrower and I can say, Okay, I can get your deal funded and here is how this is going to work. Okay, their amount of money that they're going to pay is based upon what they've agreed to. And then I explain to them that, you know, there's going to be a first note and mortgage and then in second position, a wraparound note and mortgage that includes the first, the underlying first and you borrower, you're going to pay me each month. And then from those monies, I am going to then pay the lender of the underlying first. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually just got a really closely related question from Lachelle, uh, which is like in terms of how do these things close? Like, like, so we got the paperwork yep. and now what title search? Yes. So no different than you would do any other type of note and mortgage. Okay. So you're going to follow the same exact process of you're going to have a title search done. Um, the lender is going to have in, you know, you're going to have insurance on that. Um, you're going to have a closing and then you're going to have 
a recording of the mortgages. So again, keep in mind that a mortgage is simply a security instrument. It is a security instrument that the lender has that secures their interest in the property. So it secures their interests where you've said, hey, I promise to pay this amount. So if you don't pay, they can then foreclose, right, and take their interest back. So the mortgages, uh, the underlying first as well as the wraparound are both recorded just with the underlying first needing to be recorded in first position and the wrap um, mortgage being recorded second so that it is truly in second position. Mm-hmm. So 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 if you're a lender, you do it any the same way you do any loan. Absolutely. Title search. Get a lender's policy of title insurance. Go to a real closing. Don't wire money to the borrower. You know, wire to a title company. Um, let the title company record everything so that you know it's actually been done and actually been done correctly. Uh, we need to take a break. Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking to you about wrap mortgages. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate. Suddenly my inbox is full of questions. Um, Lachelle uh, also was taking a guess at your return. She's got, she calculated 82.8%. Unfortunately, Lachelle, it was not 82.8%. It was, however, based on the calculations that I did during the break, uh, 70.8%. Which is pretty good. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. Now, it, it, that's annualized. It's not the, the loan didn't actually last a whole year, but uh, yeah, it's uh, very, very high when you put in a little bit of money and even get a two point spread over a whole lot more money. Uh, Roger, who it appears, uh, Roger, it appears from your phone number that you are in Nashville, uh, but he says, oh gosh, he's. Bill started something. Hello, queen and goddess. I have a deal that I'm trying to do in North Carolina, but I'm having trouble finding a title company or attorney that's comfortable doing this type of deal. Okay, well, let's let's take a deep breath, Roger, and say it's not that they don't feel comfortable doing it. It's that they don't understand it. They're, when they say, oh, I, you know, I don't know, this is iffy, what they're really saying is we don't understand what it is. If you are, in fact, in Nashville, like I think you are, you need to jump on the has and wants call on Friday morning and ask for a referral because we have a lot of members who are in um, North Carolina and somebody will know the creative attorney who's going to be like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, also in North Carolina, the the attorneys do the closings. Yeah. And let me just add, I, I think Roger brings up an excellent point because I actually had this happen, this very thing happened to me. And I think as a rap lender, one of the things that you have to do is make sure that your title company really understands what's happening. Um, I now just ask any title company that I'm working with one question, and that is, are you familiar with rap notes and mortgages? And if they give me a long pause, like <laughs> the one lady did, and then she turned and said, do you mean rap is an RAP? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's all written out in rhyme. Yes. All the legal I, stuff is I written knew out right then and there. The answer was no. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I've, my experience has been if they say no, I move on. 
if they say yes, I obviously hire them. And if they say no, but I'm willing to learn, that, those are the I ones, probably hire right. them. You go with them and you explain <laughs> to them. And you can even provide information that helps them to better understand uh, what exactly you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have like three minutes left and I only got through three of my 11 questions <laughs> for you. So let me, um, let me, and we'll just maybe have you back or have you do a session for Cincinnati Re or something that could, you can have 90 minutes and slides and all of that sort of stuff. So we've, you've, you, you've kind of given examples of a particular kind of wrap, which is a short term hard money, Interest only, you know, the underlying loans interest only, your loan is interest only. Are there, are there potentials to do like long-term wraps? I mean, if I can, if I can put in, you know, 5,000 was a crazy low amount of money. You, mm-hmm, you really, mm-hmm. you really hit it out of the ballpark on that one. But if I can put in $20,000 to help somebody renovate their rental for the fifth time, and I can, because if you've owned it, <laughs> well, if you've owned a rental long yes. enough, you rehab it over and over again. Um, and they had a 4.5% mortgage underlying it. Could I just like leave my wrap in there for as long as they want? You to certainly keep it? can. You certainly can. And you can, uh, reap the benefits of that structure. Now, the reason you often see an interest only wrap around an amortizing first is because when you have interest only, all you're getting is interest, right? Mm-hmm. All the, the payer is paying is interest and therefore the lender, the RAP lender is receiving interest payments every month. But at the end of that term, they are still owed their entire principal amount. And when the underlying is amortizing, as it pays down, the RAP equity grows. The RAP equity is the difference between what the underlying balance is, as well as the balance on the wrap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, y'all need to Google the term wrap equity because <laughs> <laughs> when they're when they're both interest only, the there's no the, there's no gap that grows between what you as the wrap lender are owed and what the underlying is lo- is owed. But when it's an amortizing loan, there's a gap that grows and grows and grows, and you as the lender get that difference as well. So like, I want it to go on forever. Absolutely. If that's, if that's the case. Okay. Well, Anita, appreciate you coming Thank you here for having and me. Help, helping, helping <laughs> us understand all of this a little bit better. Again, we'll, we'll probably have to do another show to get to the other questions, but appreciate you coming today. You've been listening to real life, real estate investing. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing until then. Happy investing.